Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91. Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. We're back with Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick, and we are Believe in the Browns, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Luminary, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at believe.com and at b-l-e-a-v podcasts on twitter you can also find us at browns believe on twitter that's at browns b-l-e-a-v if you're interested in advertising on the show please contact us at believe.com tony today we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that the Browns are specifically doing in this uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, uh, pandemic taking place. And then we're going to largely focus on the NFL calendar and what we think that may or may not look like. We haven't gotten a lot of information from the league office. 
So it's going to be speculation, much like we'd be speculating about who the Browns would be drafting. Uh, we're just going to turn that on its uh, head a little bit and look at the league from a larger standpoint here. But first, talk about some of the good stuff that the Browns, specifically some of the players, are doing in the community. Mm -hmm. You have Denzel Ward um, helping 21 service workers and small business owners cover their biggest monthly expense. So he set up a little process um, for businesses to apply for that and, and do some of those types of things. So that's an awesome um, thing being done by a guy who's you know Ohio native um, in the community, so deeply engaged. Uh, it's, it's good to see that from him. And then you also have uh, Jarvis Landry, who donated fifteen thousand dollars worth of hygiene products to East Cleveland City School District families. Um, partnered with Meyer, the grocery store, on that. So getting a better rate than you would if you were just going there. You know, they're giving him costs. So great job by Meyer there. Great job by Jarvis Landry. Um, so you got guys giving back to the community. That's always great to see, especially in a time in a crisis like this. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, last week we talked about uh, Baker donating uh, 50000 to Greater Cleveland Food Bank. And I think Miles Garrett... Um, he, he donated what 24 24,000 pounds of food um, it's got to be a lot of food right <laughs> um, it, it, no it is it is it is good and it is important at this time probably more than ever we kind of went through this um, before the last CBA not this one but the last one a similar situation where we were facing a lockout potentially and um, that was one of the things that was vitally important for the franchise was to stay. Uh, relevant in a positive way um, in the news feed. I mean, you, you want to make sure that, you know, obviously sports, um, once we flip the switch here um, and, and we go back to participating in sports, I, I think the, the ramp up and the, and the interest will happen rather quickly. Um, however, you, you do want to do all that you can do in the interim to keep your team relevant in the community in a positive way and I think in that regard you know I think we, we might be a new record here this might be three weeks in a row that we're praising the Browns uh I think the the, <laughs> the, the Browns are um you know they're doing a good job of that you cannot you cannot question um the commitment to the community from the players it's great to see guys like Denzel um you know have the ability to give back to his you know his community, not not just the in uh, community that he um, you know adopted uh, when he signed the contract. This is somebody who's grown up here and he's he's able to give back to people that he's known uh, you know his whole entire life. So that for me is that's a pretty special thing. I've always felt that uh, you know if you are involved in the NFL, that is your responsibility is to um, you know kind of leverage your um, you know, the cachet you get as being a professional athlete to do good things in your community. So to see it, especially at this time, is, is pretty awesome. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, and, and you know, I know they, they are often a guinea pig for us uh, from a punching bag standpoint, I guess, or more of a punching bag than a guinea pig. Um, from the Haslam's, uh, they also donated um, a million and a half dollars, a million dollars to the Greater Cleveland COVID-19 Rapid Response Fund and half a million to the Columbus Foundation's Emergency Response Fund. Um, so kudos to the Haslam's as well for their contribution um, from that standpoint. So it's nice to see, you know, the Cleveland community kind of pulling together uh, on those types of things. And, you know, and, and while my political beliefs may not align with uh, his, you know, shout out to Governor DeWine as well. Uh, the response from, I think, Ohio government 
um, and the governor's office has been um, pretty on point and exactly I think what what you're looking for from from a leadership standpoint um, if you're looking around the nation and seeing what's happening in other states or how their governments are responding hey it's it's, it's nice to see there seems to be a lot of cohesion here both parties um, and it seems like the governor's done a really great job of, of being in a leadership um, role. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you, you know, and it, and it, it makes me, it, it sounds weird, but it makes me a little proud of, uh, you know, where we live. When you turn on national media and you see other states, um, their, you know, their daily pressers now are starting to look like an exact replica <laughs> of DeWine's. I mean, he, he's got it down. Um, you know, he's done an amazing job with it. So, yeah, kudos to him. And um, hopefully he doesn't have to do it for much longer. But I, I think, you know, realistically, and we'll get to that a little bit towards the uh, the end of the, the show here, I think, I think maybe this has become um, our new norm at least for a little bit longer. All right. I hate that term, new norm. I get that out there too, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, it's right up there with uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, for me, well, they, you know, they might be one. Yeah, um, yeah, it's our new norm, right? Yeah. Oh no. Uh, so instead of talking specifically about the Browns, so again, kudos to uh, the players that have stepped up. You know, Baker, Miles, um, Denzel, Jarvis, Haslam's as well. So really appreciate that. Um, great things that are happening kind of in the state of Ohio to, to rally the state to try to make this as, um, as positive a process as it possibly could be. Because obviously this is not a good thing, but if we can kind of do some positive things in lieu of what's happening, uh, that would be great. But what we're going to do this time is we're going to look at the league, right? The commissioner has not come out and said a lot, um, and the only thing they've done realistically is put that kind of two-week moratorium on anybody reporting to any team space, um, and I believe that was last week. But if you're looking at the NFL calendar, Tony, April 6th, which is Monday, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it clearly states on the NFL operations calendar Clubs that hired a new coach after the end of the 2019 regular season may begin off-season workout programs. That is Monday. That is the Browns <laughs> and yeah. several other teams. How do you see, you know, April 20th, two weeks later, clubs with the returning head coaches may begin off-season workout programs, right? We do have the draft still slated for um, 23rd, 25th, right? They've already changed the calendar. Right, even though they didn't announce it officially, because when the NFL XFL season shut down prematurely, technically April twenty seventh was the first date that NFL clubs may request permission to visit with, try out, or sign any player who was under contract to the XFL. Right, so that's already been kind of moved because several players have signed with NFL clubs. It wasn't a big announcement about that. But do you see, what do you see from a response from the commissioner, from the league office in, in regards to this? And what changes might we see to the NFL calendar? Well, you know, I guess fortunately uh, and unfortunately all at the same time, I've had a lot of time to sit around and think about this. And, um, you, you know, the, the one thing that you, you can look at it from a positive perspective or a negative perspective. So let's start with a positive first. Um, 
I, I hearken back to 9-11. You know, when we had 9-11 and the season um, essentially was shut down and, and pushed back, uh, the result of that was um, by pushing the Super Bowl back, we reintroduced that that week off in between the, the, the last set of playoff games, the yeah. league championship, and, and the Super Bowl. And, and that is something that has not gone away. That has stayed. Okay, if you look at the CBA the way we um, just laid it out, we've added a week to the season. Um, so the, the season's going to be lengthened out. If you look at it in a positive manner, if we get off to a late start here, um, you know, best. I'm thinking best case scenario at this point, we we cut away maybe two preseason games, or maybe even we cut away the preseason. Um, you know, you may have to make your cuts in camp, which, you know, realistically that can happen. Now, if if that means um, we have to bump the season back week, well, that's fine. We're we're really just setting up the calendar for the following year, anyhow. So it may give us on the back end a, a better opportunity to see how that looks. Okay, so that you know you look at it that way. I I think cutting into preseason games is going to become a reality. It has to, um, because if you look at a team like the Browns, I mean we had that we were supposed to be gifted those extra weeks to give Kevin time to to work with the players. Kevin's not even in the state of Ohio right now, um, you know, and I'm not faulting him for that. No, he's yeah, he's yeah. in a safe place. But I mean, let's think about that. You've you've got a you've got a head coach now who he can't even get familiar with where the light switches are at this point. You, you, you know, and and then when we get to that point where okay, all the, the all clear is given or whatever you want to call it, um, and people start coming back in, I mean, there's going to be a, a, a transition period of just getting used to being in the building, um, seeing the, the guys that are, um, you, you know, your coaches, getting into a regular conversation. And, and then I, I sat there last night. I probably spent a lot of, too much time on this. It was, I wasn't drinking enough. Uh, uh, but um, I look at the things that happen on a normal game day and a normal game week. I'm thinking team meetings, uh, coaches meetings. I think of the spaces that those look, you know, what those look like. If you're to, you know, because we're going to continue this social distancing for a while here. Like I said, there, this isn't like a war where somebody surrenders and then, okay, they're not going to fight us anymore. I mean, this is something that will go on for months, the social distancing. And it, what does a coach's meeting look like or a player's meeting look like when you're on top of each other? What does practice look like? I, I mean, you, are you going to just... What does your training room look like? I, I mean, you're going to have to have people constantly. It's going to look like one of those when you go to an all-inclusive, you know, in Mexico, and you raise your hand and somebody comes running over. <laughs> and, and break. That's the minute somebody gets off a bench, uh, you know, you're going to have to wipe everything down. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I imagine you're going to have to have guys wearing masks in the building. I would think you'd have to do that because there's no way to, uh, you know, spread people out and and not to get ahead of ourselves. But I even thought about that on my regular game day routine. You know, I, I used to go and visit suites. I think of what a suite looks like. Like like a suite's maybe maybe a little bit bigger than the office we're in right now, right? But there's 15, 20 people jammed into that. Like, are, are you going to be able to do that? You know, for oh, yeah. an NFL? I mean, I used, to, I used to be between, you know, start the game, uh, do some stuff in the box office, right, with some folks helping out, um, you know, with with either credentialing or some some ticketing for specific programs that, that players were associated with. Then I'd head up to the press box. Then I'd be on the sideline for a bit. Then I'd head back to the press box. Then it'd be in the locker room post-game. You know, you're all over the place. And that's – I'm just one person, right? Think of all the other folks that are doing something similar to me. Yeah. And and people talk, oh, well, you can play in an empty stadium. Okay, sure. well, 
you're still going to broadcast that game then, right? Yeah. So think of all of the people that have to still be there. And yeah. what are you going to are you going to test every single one of them before they walk into that stadium? Because if you don't, if one person has it, yeah. everybody's at risk. Well, I, I my thought on that is if if we're not going to have fans, if that includes now, now, like I said, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But if if we're not having fans. Um, and that includes the people in the suites, one of the solutions for the press box situation would be to uh, assign suites to different writers or whatever so that they're they're spread out. Yeah. Or you um, just assign them sections in the seating bowl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, realistically, to, to I mean, do that. You, you could you could set up, you know, anything because you wouldn't even have, you wouldn't have to have them on that level because if you've got no fans, you can put them yeah. kind of wherever you want. Um, but it's, it's something that, that, and I don't know if really the league is... I don't know where they're at on that. Like we, we don't have that kind of inside information, but I don't really know if the league is really prepared for this because even even once we get past this and we do introduce fans back to the stadium, what does that look like? I mean, I'm I'm envisioning you're going to need hand sanitizer or dispensers oh at least every ten feet. They're right? going to have to be like the the ketchup and mustard size yeah. bins because <laughs> if they're just the small little ones oh, on yeah. the wall that we see in our office spaces. Yeah. Those things are going to go. You're going to run out in in five seconds. Yeah, you you might need a mister that just missed <laughs> sanitizer <laughs> like Vegas. Like, yeah. I mean, it's going to be have to be like a garbage bin size uh, dispenser of of hand sanitizer just to, to last well the first half. Yeah, and, and if it needs to be that size, of we're already running short in hospitals. How are we going to how are we going to outfit stadiums with this stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess that's where. League sponsors like Budweiser, they might as well just leave that thing uh, cranked <laughs> on to <laughs> pumping out kegs of hand sanitizer. That would be, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. But. but I mean, as you're looking at it, right, right, we talked a little bit about the NFL calendar, and, and that's what we'll, we'll try to find suits. So, like you said, we did jump ahead of ourselves a little bit going into games and things like that. But you, you're saying, hey, you know, clubs with returning head coaches, April 20th, we're supposed to be able to bring their workout programs back. The draft, I think the draft can go off, and I don't yeah. think that's a problem, right? I think you can do a lot of that stuff remotely. Like we talked about last time hey you can you know if you're not certain of how strong or how great a player's connection is going to be right you can send them a special audio video camera that hey plug this into your usb and this will give us the quality of video that we want blah 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 we can we you can manage that through the nfl draft process people can call in their picks whatever that's not going to be i think necessarily challenge from an execution standpoint yeah it's the engagement standpoint is going to be missing and the hype and hoopla and all that type of stuff and the revenue is not necessarily going to be there so i get that but that one's not going to be a problem from yeah well i I will i will say this and this is the old uh, the old get off my lawn guy coming coming out (laughs) you you know in in the golden years of the nfl you waited till the next morning, and it was in the newspaper. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and, and I get that. Okay, that's the way it used to be. We've built up this hype, but I just find it funny to see how you know how much resources and, and time and effort have been put into because that's all I really read about is oh, we're trying to figure out how to uh, you, you know make it look like the guys are there, but they're not there. And I'm thinking maybe we should be thinking about the hand sanitizer things every six feet in the stadium. Uh, yeah. And, and, I, and I, I don't not saying you can't do both at once, yeah. but. Um, uh, yeah, as far as the calendar goes, I'm thinking, and you know, this is just me, uh, you know, for what it's worth, I'm thinking we're looking at June 1, July 1, and, and this is the thing that the commissioner's okay, got to deal with. Hold on that, right? May 1st and May 8th are the days teams were supposed to be able to hold their three-day post 
draft rookie minicamps. Yeah, none of that's going to happen. And, yeah. and, and we look, you got to look at it this way. I'm not saying that um, the problem the commissioner has is this. This, we as we have seen this unfold over the last five, four, five weeks, six weeks, um, apparently some of us saw this coming back in November. Uh, <laughs> the problem the commissioner has is he can't just decide, hey, we're going to do this. This is a state-by-state deal. So if the Minnesota Vikings are told that, you know, the state of Minnesota shut down, you're not allowed to move, the commissioner can't supersede that. So you have to wait until all – you know, 32, well, not 32 states. What are we at here? Probably like 28 states, whatever. Yeah. Um, we have to wait till they're all on board and in line. And, I, I mean, anybody who follows politics knows that that's going to be a tough one, right? And, and um, so to me, I don't think – I'm thinking July is – July 1 is a dream scenario. Well, because, right, you already have – I mean, from an MLB standpoint, right, Toronto has already said no events through June. Yeah. Right? So, so MLB cannot start – yeah. Like they could, hey, maybe if something opens up and they could play in Dunedin or wherever they're, you know, in the spring training facility yeah. or they play away games or whatever, but they're not playing a home game until July one earliest because of that, yeah. right? Let alone what else may happen. Obviously, that's where it stands right now. So you're looking at it from the standpoint of the next two things that are important on that calendar are the schedule release is supposed to be May 9th. Do you think that's going to happen? No. So when do you think they're going to push back the schedule release to? Do you think they're going to provide a firm date on that, or are they just going to say, we'll release it when it's time? The, it, the, the schedule, it, 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 let's just say if they open the doors on July 1st, they'll, ha- they'll have to reevaluate the start of the season there, which means they're going to have to r- run all the calculations all over again because, you know, you've got to take into a, uh, you know, take into a, a, a account other things that are going on. Um I'm thinking it probably won't come out until August, and that's why I'm saying the preseason, it, you know, yeah. it's not going to happen. I, it, not not a full four game preseason. Rookie transition program supposed to be happening in late June, yeah. right? Probably not going to happen at the individual clubs. No. Um, from that standpoint, um, you have that. Do you think then, if you're if you're talking July one at best, right? Mid July, clubs are permitted to open preseason training camp. Late July, the the veterans have to report. So you're looking at some somewhere around probably July 20th, 22nd. Most teams would probably be opening their camp. Do you see that taking place on schedule, on time? Well, it, it, let's put it this If I'm an owner and, and I'm in charge of my team, this is how I would handle it. The minute the league says, hey – we can meet on X date. I would do anything and everything I could to get all my players in 14 days prior to that. I would first thing I would do is the minute the guys show up, we get them in, in their own hotel room. We test them. We basically quarantine for 14. <laughs> well, I yeah, mean, no, I'm not, I'm I would not. have every, every one of the rooms set up with video. You, you know, we, we have the ability to well, set I mean, up the when, rooms with video. When we used to do training camp in Orlando, it, when I was in Tampa, um, we did it at the Wide World Sports. We took over an entire hotel in celebration at yep. Disney. So yep. the only people permitted in that hotel were the staff that operated the hotel and teams and and yep. team personnel, players and team personnel. That was it. Yeah, I, I think that's that's how I would do it. And then this way, you have 14 days um, where you know where the guys are. They're isolated. We're still able to feed them. You know, we're able to have our practices. 
remotely, however we do that, and then we're, then we're ready to roll. But, you know, the problem with that is, I guess maybe it's not a problem, uh, or as much of a problem. How do you, how do you tell a hotel uh, in your area, hey, can you hold us a block of rooms? Indefinitely from <laughs> well, I mean, but realistically now it's probably well, not. yeah. Well, that's you know what I mean. There's nobody there, so yeah. now is probably the easy time to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure anybody would be willing to have some business. Yeah, and well, and to me, maybe maybe you maybe you make that investment. You go ahead and just give it to us for all June and July because that's the other reality too. You're probably going to want to go in there and and probably bring your own team and, in to sanitize well, the place. I mean, and everything we got else. that brand new hotel right there by Southwest Hospital here in Berea, yeah. Middleburg. Yeah. Um, that just opened, yeah. you know, so, Hey, you know what? It's a, it's a literally a mile from the training facility. Um, it would be an easy place to, to probably house guys. It's brand new. So, you know, it's, yeah. you know, probably relatively clean. If I'm Dean um, and Jimmy, I might just buy the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the hell? <laughs> okay. So, so looking at that, uh, assuming then that that takes place, we, we probably assume the hall of fame game doesn't take place on, on August 6th. Um, but I'm not necessarily worried about the Hall of Fame game. What do you do with the Hall of Fame induction this year, right? For the for the guys that were, you know, yeah. have been selected for this. This is, you know, and I understand in the grand scheme of things, is this important? No. But you know what? To individuals, this is an achievement of a lifetime. Yeah. This is a moment that these individuals have been waiting for. That makes it no less important to them, right? You are allowed to feel bad, disappointed for yeah. things that happen that you miss out on during this crisis. Yes, I understand that nobody's dying because of this uh, if the Hall of Fame doesn't go on. But it's a moment for you to reflect, to celebrate, to share yeah. with your friends and your families. And it's going to be missed. What do you do with that? Do you just roll everybody over and we're going to do a giant celebration next year? Do you try to do something... Uh, Coinciding with the draft, hopefully in Cleveland in 2021, where you do a, uh, you know, the draft is typically over nowadays, right? It's Saturday's the last day of the draft, right? So do you do the Hall of Fame that induction on Sunday and, and kind of make that a big weekend? What is well, your suggestion here's, on that? You know, for me, if and of course it's just me. If if I'm in the league office, okay, and, and there's no way, there's no way in hell I I, I do the Hall of Fame deal because you know. Let's let's think about it. I oh, mean, we, we both. I, I mean, know where we're going with this. You, well, you've got you've got a ton of elderly, yep. older players Compromised coming. Individuals. Yeah, there, there's no way, no way that I have that happen. So if I'm laying out the schedule, and we know this is a long term thing, like we said, this isn't something that just goes away. Why not have the season? Let, let's run. Let's run eight games, right? And let's have a universal across the board midpoint. You know, kind of like baseball All Star Weekend, where we take a whole week off. This that would allow teams to kind of reevaluate the health of the players. Uh, it, maybe maybe this even becomes the week where we start to reintroduce players. Uh-huh. I mean, it might be that far back. But let's take a week off where we just pause, everybody rests, and then we make that we can make that celebration. You know, make it that week, midweek, yeah. whatever. Um, what, the, what, what your challenge there, right, is weather. Right. I mean, if you're talking weather in Ohio in whatever point that might be, if it's after kind of mid-October, yeah. you're getting a little dicey with... But do we have to... Ha- I hate to say this because I love Canton, Ohio, but do we necessarily need to do it in Canton, Ohio? Yes, yes, you do. Because I, if, if you man. get... You know what? And I say this from an Ohio standpoint. If you take it away from Canton, it's never coming back. 
Yeah, yeah. Right? I just and the amount of money in that they're trying to invest in that place right now. I think you do have to do, and that's why I say, hey, if you're having the draft in Cleveland in 2021, then you're you, you have a perfect kind of tie-in there, yeah. where you're going to have a lot of people in town for that, and then if you can tack on the the Hall of Fame induction to that same weekend, because then you can bring all of those yeah. Hall of Famers to the draft, yeah. and you can have them interact with those guys that are gonna that you're bringing in for the green room pieces. And they can see, hey, this is how I conduct myself. This is, you know, and, yeah. and so it becomes maybe an opportunity where uh, you bring those two communities that are relatively yeah. not in contact with each other um, together. Well, and for me, you know, I'm speaking totally out of turn. Well, whatever. No, um, it's, I think that this is this is a, a prime example of why it would be nice for the NFL to quit dragging their feet and pretending like we are a partner with the Hall of Fame, we aren't a partner with the Hall of Fame, and just throw the money in to get that damn hotel built next to it. <laughs> because, of, you know, I mean, think about it. If that hotel's built... You don't have to rush those guys in. Those guys could gradually come into Canton. They would have a room in the hotel, and if they got to stay there the whole week, they stay there the whole week. You, you know, instead of rushing a guy into t- because that's the one thing having dealt with alumni, I, I always was so fearful on alumni weekend that where you're just going to make it a Saturday, Sunday, you're out of town deal. So I would start bringing guys in as early as Tuesday, Wednesday. Because I want them to, I want them to fly in. I want them to be able to get acclimated with where they're at, um, to be able to just rest up a little bit. Because it's, it's a huge week. That week, Hall of Fame week, those guys are getting wheeled and and shoved around left and right. Like you're making appearance here, appearance there, autograph signing, this that. It'd be nice to just have a whole week to do it. And and I think, like I said, uh, to me, yeah, weather. The weather has to uh, cooperate a little bit, but. Um, I think we could figure that out. I, I mean, that that that's something you could figure out. I don't know. You put a blow up dome over the field if you well, have to. And, I mean, and, you and the thing, you know, the thing with the Hall of Fame, right? I, hey, if, if the NFL doesn't want to take ownership of it, then, and I know the voters will never go for this. So this is where the scam is, yeah. right? It's not the NFL Hall of Fame. It's the Pro Football oh, Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah. Well, then you know what? Doug Flutie should be in it for all the stuff he did. Oh, yeah. Mike Pringle up in up in the CFL. Jay Gruden should be in the Hall of Fame yeah. for what he did in the Arena Football League. Yeah, right? Matt, Max Speedy. Yeah, Max Speedy wouldn't have had to wait as long too if you counted his CFL numbers. You know, yeah. so that's the thing. It's like if if, if the NFL isn't going to take ownership of it, then I would love to see the voters just say, well, then, hey, we're including all of professional football yeah. in our voting, and then these guys need to go in. And because, hey, their numbers that they put up in these professional football leagues, yes, not the NFL, but still professional football yeah. leagues, are astounding. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'd love to see the NFL step up, and, and it will be interesting. Um, so I guess we're assuming then, or, or you're assuming that, September 10th, that Thursday, that's supposed to be the kickoff to the 2020 NFL regular season. Most people assume it would be uh, the Chiefs, right? You usually see the uh, the Super Bowl champion kickoff that season, and I don't know who they would be playing at that point. I don't know their exact schedule of opponents. Would you see them? Uh, do you see that game taking place? Do you see NFL Week One taking place as it's scheduled at the moment? No, I think, and this is just me hearkening back to my, you know, my youth. I would say push the start back to September 11th, so it has a significance, and have that Steelers Cowboys Hall of Fame game. But so, do you see? It, you, but you see it happening that week? 
You see games happening? In the, I, well, I, I, know, I, I'm the saying first full week of September. No, I'm saying that, that that would be the first preseason. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's your Hall of Fame game, right? Dallas. Right. But, I mean, well, I think if that's your Hall of Fame game, I think you can push the induction to that weekend as well. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, early September in Ohio, you're not going to have. I mean, yeah, you're pushing it by a month, yeah. but not. Um, that's not any big standpoint. I think you, you. I think you have higher hopes than than I do. Um, well, and, and well, let let me just say that that Steelers uh, that priest that may be in front of no one. There, there may be no fans at that game. Uh, you know, let, let me see. And that's that's the thing, though. I think if I think if, the first if you're games... not comfortable bringing fans into the stadium, how can you be comfortable bringing players and teams and all the people you need? Because you're going to need officials, you're going to need players, you're going to need all the team personnel. Like but, they're going to well, need all the broadcast people. Yeah, I, but I can monitor. I can monitor the health of three hundred people better than I can 30,000 people. That's where I, the only place... And as far as, like, the the broadcast stuff, I mean, realistically, do you do you really realistically need broadcasters to be in the building to broadcast the game? Well, you it's, need it's, somebody it's, operating the cameras. I mean, at least well, you Well, yeah, but, but, I mean, those guys are socially distanced. Uh, it, <laughs> you know, they're not that close to the action. Some uh, of them are. Some of them aren't. I mean... Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Put put a put a mask on them or put them in a bee, <laughs> beekeeper's outfit. I don't know what the hell you do. I, I mean, I hate to say... I mean, you, you, you got, you're going to have to figure something out. Yeah. Um. You know, you know I, I don't know. Do it with drones or something. I, I, I have no idea. But um, I, it, or 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 it just becomes a three camera shot. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not the end of the world. If you I mean, at, at this point, you you could you could film the goddamn thing from the Goodyear Blimp, and and every person in the country is going to tune in. You know, they'll they'll squint and they'll be up close to the TV. <laughs> but at this point, I think people just want to see. It's going to look like the old Atari. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could put the electric football, the vibrating football <laughs> game out. I think people would probably watch it at this point. So yeah, I, I think actually it, that might be a money maker on YouTube. <laughs> but notes check. Uh, but. Uh, I just think there, there's got to be some at some point you're going to have to put your toe in the water, and I think that the, the first opportunity to do that would be that game because it's going to okay. be a significant game to historically significant franchises, yeah. um, you know. And of course, you got to get them to agree to it, but I, well, I, yeah. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, I don't know. We're definitely in uncharted waters. I'd, I'd hate to be the commissioner, but this is why he makes the money he makes. So we'll, we'll see just how. Uh, how worth it he is uh, going through this. Uh, be honest with you, I don't have, I don't put too much faith in. Um, I mean, they're, they've dropped the ball on so many simple things. I think this is one that, um, you know, they got to get this right because you can't have games played and then all of a sudden there's outbreaks of uh, COVID nineteen. I mean, that would be devastating to not just the NFL. I, I think that would kill any sport involving contact. I, I think if so, I mean, so any sport really. I mean, yeah, well, other than maybe tennis. I mean, you know, I, but even still, I mean, I mean, then they've mentioned that, right? Hey, well, if you're somebody's handling the same tennis ball and all that stuff, it's like, hey, you know what? I mean, yeah, you could, you could or kind of get away from some maybe. of that. Yeah, I mean, so that's the challenge. Is 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 uh, I guess maybe curling or something? Um, yeah, no, uh, they're awfully close. They're close, but I mean, there's no there's no physical contact, right? Yeah. As long as you know your teammates are are yeah. you know not. Uh, um, cliff diving suddenly. Cliff diving uh, cliff becomes diving. extremely popular. And barrel yeah. jumping. We're right, going to go back. Uh, we're go going back, back to the uh, wide <laughs> world <of> sports. <laughs> cliff diving and barrel jumping, and, and that'll be the Olympics. Two events. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> 
All right, Browns backers, that's what we have for you today. Not a ton of Browns talk, but talk about what might be coming down the pipe from an NFL standpoint, from a scheduling standpoint, from a when things may take place standpoint. Again, we're taking some of our best guests. We're giving some some ideas and opportunities to the NFL for ways that they can try to change up the calendar and make it work for fans, players, um, staffs. Um, again, we're Believe in the Browns, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Believe.com, and you can also find us on Twitter at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V, or at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, Bronze Backers, and we'll talk to you next week. Job check. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.